You are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the senior pastor and elder of Believers Baptist Church, one of the elders of Believers Baptist Church, and I have with me another one of our elders, Philip Castleton. Thank you for listening whoever you may be and wherever you may be, and may the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. So, Philip, we are looking at the question, should a Christian take an oath? Should a Christian take an oath? And that's come to me recently, within, I say recently, it's been in the last year, of one of our own members coming and and talking with me about the regrets that he felt about taking an oath as an enlisted man in one of our military branches. Yeah. And so, you know, then we started having this kind of discussion about, is it right or should a Christian take an oath? And I think the text that people use to say, no, mm-hmm. a Christian should not take an oath under any circumstance is found in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, and we come to verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. And so that would be the text that people would argue against any believer taking an oath because it says explicitly, but I say to you, these are the very words of Jesus, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all. But then I think they they leave out the rest of what Jesus is trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it is true that we are at a little bit of a disadvantage if you're just reading the text for its surface um, reading. Because you have to know a little bit about why Jesus is saying, again, you have heard it was said to those of old. He's going back to the Old Testament. He is, but let me comment on that. There is actually no commandment that says that directly. It's actually a conflation of a few verses. And let me read those to you. Okay. Numbers... Uh, 32, 30, chapter 30, verse 2 says this, If a man vows a vow to the Lord, he swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge. He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Leviticus nineteen twelve, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Deuteronomy six thirteen, It is the Lord your God. You shall fear him. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. Deuteronomy ten twenty. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. Deuteronomy 23, verses 21 through 23. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from vowing, you will not be guilty of sin. You shall be careful to do what is passed before your lips, 
for you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised him with your mouth. So, so if we consider all that these things have to say, you can see that it's a conflation of, of these truths that we find in the Old Testament are put together. And, and what they come up with is um, what, what you see in the, uh, what Jesus proclaims you've heard in, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what you've heard. Right, right, and in we what what you just read in the text, and that's really a conflation of several commands in the Old Testament. Right now, what what is being said in those Old Testament texts that you just read right. is that taking a vow or swearing an oath would not necessarily be an evil or bad thing. Right, um, that it is permissible, and even God says, "I swear by myself." He says that to Abraham as he uh, communicates the covenant relationship and what he's going to do. So it wouldn't be necessarily uh, evil that a person would take an oath. But what becomes conflated, as you're saying, is that the first century Jews had devised a system in which they could swear and yet get out of the oath that, are, that they had promised. Yeah, they had, they had come up with a formula, if you will, to, uh, to being dishonest. How can I make a promise and not be bound to that promise? Um, let me come up with a formula. Let me come up with the magic words, a way to do this um, where um, I'm not held responsible by God because I haven't really oathed in his name. Right. And so words were changed, just like, by the way, we see in our own culture and all this um, uh, political, social injustice issues and things like that. But that's another podcast. So what they did then in order to make it sound as if they were going to tell the truth. And by the way, that is something that we tend to even do today. We will say, I swear by my mother on my mother's name, or I swear on my daddy's grave, or um, I swear on the Bible. Right. Uh, because we don't tell the truth. Right. We as humans, in our brokenness and in our sinful rebellion against God's and against God's truth, we say um, that we have to add something to give credibility to our own words. Right. So. I get that, but what they had devised and what Jesus is addressing is a way to make an oath and yet be able to break that oath, give them a little wiggle room to get out of it. So rather than using God's name in their oath, they would say, we will swear by heaven. This is in Matthew 23. This is in, no, this is in Matthew 5. Oh, Matthew 5. Yes, yes I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. We'll come to Matthew 23, right. though. Um, they would say, I swear by heaven, or I swear on um, the earth, or I swear by Jerusalem. They're not using God's name. So by not using God's name, it lessens the consequences if they break the oath, or it doesn't put them in the same category of keeping the same oath. So they're going to replace God with things, uh, that being heaven or this temple or the earth. And what Jesus is saying here, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, because don't you know that God is in heaven? He's on the throne of heaven. Or don't take an oath by the earth, 
for it is his footstool. Don't you know that God created all things, sustains all things, is sovereign over all things in the earth? And don't take an oath by the city of Jerusalem, for don't you know that that is my city that I've designated for myself? I am there. God is ever-present, and he is working in the circumstances and events of life. So there is nothing that you could swear by that would replace the fact that I hear and I am aware So do not take an oath even on your head, on your own life. I swear by my life. That's what people will say. Jesus says, you don't have to do that because you don't have control over your life. I've appointed your day of birth. I've appointed your day of death. And I've appointed everything in between. So you can't change your life. So just let your yes be yes. Simply speak the truth. Yes is yes. No is no. Right. That's the context of Gen- uh, rather Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Right. So it's not prohibiting a man taking, taking an oath. No, actually it's not at all. It's actually talking about the fact that um, I actually believe this is an exposition of the third commandment, that you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. Because here's what they're doing. They're evoking the name of God, right? right. So, um, But here was the point. So they would say, well, if I invoke God's name, then I'm bound to the oath. If I don't evoke God's name, I'm not. So what I'll do is instead of just saying, Jason, um, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you X number of dollars, uh, for this, for this piece of land. And you say, okay. Um, instead of that being the contract, I would say, I'll swear by heaven that I'll give you this money. And then when um, the transaction was done and I went to pay you and I paid you less, you went, you sweared by heaven. Ah, but I didn't swear by God, right? right so right. My, I didn't have to keep my word because I didn't evoke God's name. Right. The argument is God's saying, everything evokes my name because there's nothing outside of creation. There's nothing outside. I, my fingerprints are on everything. Everything is mine. Every single thing is either mine or I'm in control of it or whatever the case may be. And so when you invoke a, a, a word on anything, you evoke me. So if that's the case, there's no point in making an oath, swearing by me, using my name falsely, bearing false witness against me. Because if you just say, I'm going to do it and you do it, that's good enough. If you say, I'm not going to do it, then don't do it. You don't have to swear by anything. Keep your word. Right. Because God is, as you said, sovereignly in control of all those things. So there is no reason to invoke any kind of um, extra measure in order to get me to tell the truth. It's a, it's a means of deception. Because right. here's what I think. You, you go, well, I don't know if I can trust him. He swore by God. Man, he knows that God will come down wrathful if he if he evokes God and and he doesn't so um, so he doesn't evoke God he he uses something else and God is saying everyone every time you do that you evoke me and and Matthew twenty three gives us even a bitter picture of this yes and beginning in verse sixteen this is an enunciation against the Pharisees where Jesus is coming down hard on the Pharisees and he says woe to you blind guides who say if anyone swears by the temple it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift 
or the altar that makes the gifts sacred. So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. So it's the same kind of teaching that he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. This, though, is just a hard enunciation against the Pharisees. And they would swear by the go to the temple yeah. be, because it enriched them. Yeah. And that they would swear by the gift on the altar because, uh, again, there was an enrichment of their life. It was a benefit to them. Mm-hmm. That, that seemed to be more binding uh, than the temple itself or the altar that was being used for the sacrifice. Yeah, they and in in an effort to 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 not take the name of the Lord in vain, they would swear by something in their mind less than God. Right. And he's going the very thing, you know, the, the gift, right? He says, "Well, the, the, you're going to swear by the gift instead of the altar." What kind of logic is that? The only reason the gift is anything is because it sits on the altar. Right? right. I mean, the only reason that heaven is anything is because God is there. The only reason Jerusalem is anything is because God is there. Right. The only reason that you're anything is because God created you and you're in the image of God. I mean, God is, is the point to all of this. And when you invoke something in his creation, you evoke something that belongs to him, you evoke him. So can't you, instead of making promises, can't your word be so good that when you say yes or no, that's enough? Right. Isn't that enough? Yes. That's the point, right? Right. And James speaks to this very same thing. Uh, Colossians tells us in chapter 3 that not to lie to one another. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that we need to speak the truth in love. So we, we as God's people then speak in truth. We are not of the world. And we read in John chapter 8 that Jesus was addressing um, the fact that that. Um, truth is paramount in understanding who he is and that those who would not believe uh, believe the the father of lies that is satan who was a liar from the beginning all the way back to genesis chapter three Mm -hmm. um the thing that i guess we want to try to to answer then is it wrong for a christian to go into a court situation, a court of law, and he has to uh, swear on the Bible to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, because he's about to witness in this court. Is it wrong? It shouldn't have to happen. It That is, um, the reason that that is a, a reality in our situation is because we know that man is prone to being deceitful, okay? The, the reason that a man... Um, put their hands on the Bible. The reason that our our justice system decided at some point that that would be a, a good thing is because um, we know that man is prone to uh, self-saving, um, yes. right? And lying, and he's proneness to de- to being deceit deceitful and to... Um, to his own benefit. Yeah, always. So, so that's why people do that. Is that... Um, should we need to do that? No, and I and, and this is why I don't understand. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chase a rabbit for just a moment. Okay, um, we have um, Congress given testimony, right? right? Over the last couple of years, been a lot of things, a lot of things being investigated. Um, Hillary and a bunch of different things, and yet they'll go, well, they caught her in a lie. Oh, but she wasn't under oath. If she wasn't under oath, 
Well, th- this is the problem, right? right? So we a person's only accountable for what they say when they're under oath, not according to God. She was always under oath. Right. When her yes is yes and her no is no. And and whether she put her hand on the Bible or not, God holds her accountable for what she said. Right. Period. And we ought to do the same thing. We ought to sit under oath, not under oath. If a Christian goes in and he's going to court for some reason and he is going to court, whether he is under oath or not, his words should be truthful. Period. Right. Because everything that is in the world is under God's purview. And, um, and he doesn't have to put his hand on the Bible for it to be, um, uh, to be, uh, you know, considered, uh, uh, important that he tell the truth. Right. I think that, you know, that was done in the history of our nation that is swearing on the Bible, um, at a time when the Bible was held in higher esteem than it is now, when there was a cultural agreement that, to tell the truth and to swear on the Bible would put one in dire straits if he did not. We don't. We no longer have that. Be that right. here or there, what what you're saying is true. We shouldn't have to do it, um, but yet we live in a culture that is sin saturated, and we live in a culture that lies continually, and deceit, and the uh, fraud that we commit to you know, against one another and against the truth. Mm-hmm. We even have perjury now, which is a crime against someone who tells a lie even after taking an oath. Right. And so all of these then um, are situations in which I don't know that it's uh, wrong if you go into a court of law and you have to present yourself as a witness and you have to put your hand on the Bible um, but perhaps we could say, um, on your honor, um, I am a believer and I stand, um, with the one who is truth right. and I follow the one who is truth. And so I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the yeah, truth. I don't think that it would be sinful to put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth. I don't yeah. think that is what right. is here. What would be sinful would be for the Christian to think that the only time that his words are important is when his hand is on that Bible. Right. If he went in understanding, if the Christian goes in and understands that whether I have my hand on that Bible or not, the words that come out of my mouth are going to be truthful, then we can we can satisfy the... the uh, the judge and the jury uh, and the and the people in the courtroom by putting her hand on that. I don't think that's what's being condemned. Right. The 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 condemnation about oaths is this this the idea that I can create some kind of formula which allows me to be dishonest to my neighbor. That is wrong. Right. And um and when I think that I my words have no they they have no uh, bear no consequence uh, upon me if I haven't sworn an oath unto God. He's saying no. All your words are important, and they and they and they and they're ultimately going to be held against you or, or for you or whatever the case may be. Right. Because you your words must be yes and no. You can't swear against anything that that doesn't involve God. Right. Nor do I think that this text addresses any of the things that um, revolve around. Um, just recently, for example, we saw um, Joe Biden swear an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. Right. Um, I don't think that was wrong or sinful. I don't think that 
a military man taking the oath of enlistment? Well, the, the fact, what was wrong about that was that he lied. The, the Constitution doesn't allow for us to kill babies. Um, well, and, sure. I mean, so, I mean, the, what was wrong about that was the lying. I don't think that putting the hand on the Bible thing, the problem is, is um, we should all be marked by truthfulness whether a hand goes on the Bible or not. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, be Joe Biden as he is, yeah. and, but the, the, the very act of what he's doing, I, I don't think that was sinful. Yeah. Um, being an enlistment man and taking the oath of enlistment in a military branch of our nation— mm-hmm. I don't think that's sinful. Um, taking an officer's oath when uh, you go in as an officer on some of the military branches of we, our nation. We take oaths when we get married, even though we call yes. them vows. But yes. we, we take oaths exactly. then um, um, when we uh, covenant with uh, with a, a, you know our partner or wife or husband or whatever the case may be right. uh, to, to, to live with them and them only. Uh, you know, an exclusive relationship. That's right. So that's, that's an oath. Yes. So I think should a Christian um, take an oath? I I think it's fine to take an oath considering what the text says in Matthew five and. Yeah. And actually if we went back and reread those um, old Testament texts, that, that is a, that, that um, like I said, that ultimately they use, they conflate together to get to this statement um, that you shall, uh, you know, that they can, you shall not swear falsely, but you should perform to the Lord what you've sworn, right? That's what they, that's what you've heard it said. Well, if you go back, some of those texts actually say, Deuteronomy 10, 20, um, you shall fear the Lord your God and you shall serve him and hold fast to him and hit by his name, you shall swear. Okay. So the point that he's making there is that some people were trying to use, uh, don't use false gods. Right, use the it's the name of the Lord God that 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 is is true and truthful, and it's by Him you'll swear. So in um, we even have Paul, like I said, saying, um, um, I, "As God is my witness, really, you know, this is who I am. I am who I say I am, and as God and God is a witness to this." So uh, that's not what the issue. And Paul wasn't saying you can't take my word if I don't say God is my witness. He was saying I'm not the only one who is bearing witness of the, the words that I say. Mm. God is also bearing witness that what. I have to say is true. Right. As an apostle of God, he has sent me. Right. This is God. I, uh, that, that's what he's saying. He's yeah. not saying as long as I, um, and that would have been where it's sinful. If he had said, um, here, I want to say something to you, uh, Romans, but, um, well, how can I convey something to the Romans? And I want them to believe me. Well, I'm not known for honesty, but if I swear by God, if I call God as my witness, then they'll have to believe me. Right. That would be the reason uh, that it's sinful is because you're you're so known as someone who tries to skirt your responsibilities and you want to be a liar that you figure out a way to to invoke God in in such a way that um, people will take you serious. You should have a reputation for honesty. Right. And this should be the pattern of the believer's life. We as believers should always speak in truthfulness and we should conduct ourselves in truthfulness and so that it's not optional to go outside of truthfulness and then our yes be yes and our no be no and there is an integrity and a credibility and a reputation built on truth and so if there's anything that we could take from the podcast is let's be people of the truth Amen. Um, yeah. and that also um, let's not um, think that it is sinful uh, to take an oath. If you're a, a married person, you took an oath, as you said, yeah. to your spouse that you will have that exclusive relationship with him or her. 
So that's not simple. Yeah, that in itself isn't. That's not the issue. That's not even really what's being addressed here at all. Right. What, uh, what you don't want to do, you want to be so, known so much that when you say you're going to do something or not going to do something, when you speak, it's truthful that people don't, um, that you, that you don't feel the need, and people don't think that they that you need to swear by something greater uh, to be taken seriously. That um, Jason said, and so Jason will do. Right. Jason said this, he's going to do it. Jason said he wasn't going to do it, he's not going to do it. Jason is a man of his word because he's marked by truth. That's the whole point to all of this. That's yes. the, that's, so it's not oath-taking in itself. If, if oaths become a way for you to be dis- misleading to your neighbor, they're sinful. If not, they're not. Right. Amen. Well, we again pray that this podcast would be a blessing to you and be help in your spiritual growth. And thank you again for listening and make God richly bless you. Thank you.